for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Can you put that slide up there? I'd like everybody to read that with me. We get it? Would you read that with me? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. This video, excuse me, everything's not working right. Okay, we'll get this here. Can you hear me now? This is a video about prayer. It's the, it's the prayer of a man who doesn't really expect a response from God. And in that respect, he's not unlike many of us. You know, I think our greatest fear is not that God won't answer our prayer, but that he might actually take our prayer seriously and say yes to us. And he'd look at us and he says, what do you want? Your control or my chisel? Now you can watch the entire 11-minute version of this video on skitguys.com and I'd recommend that because it's really beautiful. It's, 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 it's beautiful, even though it is a you know, skit, uh, watching a man talking to his God, a, a God he's committed to but doesn't really know. And it's a bit unnerving to watch a man begin to realize his innocuous prayer you know, make me into your masterpiece might actually be the beginning of a habit to pray daring and even dangerous prayers for himself. Prayers, by the way, a daring prayer for ourselves is one that could change, change us inside, out, and every which way. And when I wrote that, I went, wow, I wonder if that's what I want. Do I want God to change me inside out and every which way? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about those daring prayers. Thomas Kelly, in his book, A Testament of Devotion, writes, Over the margins of life comes a whisper, a faint call, a premonition of richer living, which we know we are passing by. Strained by the very mad pace of our daily outer burdens, we are further strained by an inward uneasiness, uneasiness because we have hints that there's a way of life vastly richer and deeper than all of this hurried existence, a life of unhurried serenity and peace and power. I'm just guessing at this one. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but... I bet you most of us have experienced that whisper, that call, that premonition at one time or another. I, I sense it particularly when I realize I'm getting too full of myself. Do you know what that means? <laughs> okay. Or when, or when I wonder if there's more I could be doing with the gifts and talents I've been given, or, or those times when I feel lost and, and wonder where I'm going and what I'm doing, and, then, and it's especially during those times when I feel like I'm fighting with God, <laughs> like Tommy did in his video, right? Just fighting with God a little bit. In those moments, I yearn for what could be, what should be. 
How about you? And at those times, we might even cry out, Lord, that's what I want. That's what I need. What do I need to do to experience this deeper and richer life? Have you ever prayed that prayer? What do I need to do to experience this Christian life that we keep talking about in a way that, that's better than I'm experiencing it now? And then what usually happens is that moment passes and we get on with life and miss that moment of profound possibility. And my guess is that's happened to us all. The urgent gets in the way of what's really important. And perhaps it's because, like Tommy, uh, we don't want to deal with all the stuff that accompanies that moment of possibility. It's a little bit like the guy on NPR yesterday. I was listening to one of my favorite shows, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Any fans of that here? Yes, thank you. One of, the, one of the panelists said he had made a decision to put his phone in the glove box every time he got in the car so he wouldn't be tempted, you know, to do anything with the phone while he's driving, which isn't a bad idea, right? And he says that he, that he quickly learned that he that, that 20 minutes alone in his car dealing with his feelings was way too much time. <laughs> <laughs> so he took out the phone, and I think that's what happens to us. But not attending to that deep call of God, you know, is probably the worst thing we can do. When we sense there's something else out there, wouldn't it make sense if we'd fall on our knees and just talk to God about it? I mean, I, I love the words of, of Ab Abraham Heschel, he's a Jewish philosopher, he said, my life is not my own, my own property, but it's a possession of God. And it is this divine ownership that makes life a sacred thing. Well, that's exactly what Tommy was learning in this video. Grappling with who owns our life is not an easy thing to do. On Friday, I read a rough draft of this sermon uh, to my wife, Anita. When we got to this part about my life is not my own property, but a possession of God, she's she not going to believe this, she physically stood up and said, shut up, shut up, I don't want to hear this. And I went, wow, is it that bad? Is the sermon not ba <laughs> that bad? And she says, no, I just, I just don't want to deal with that right now. I just want to deal with that. Have you ever been there? You know, you know, some of you have been saying, well, if I was your wife, I'd be sh telling you to shut up a lot. But no, no, she doesn't do that. That's a, not like her. Uh, and of course, Anita does want God to have full possession of her life. But I know what was going on for her that mo on Friday morning, and, it, and, and there was, she was resisting that tug of her heart. And I, I, I certainly understand that. How many of you do too, right? Yeah. Our life is not our own. It belongs to God who loves us. Now, that's important to state. God loves us. You know, today in churches all over the globe who use the common lectionary, this is Good Shepherd Sunday. And Scripture tells us uh, that uh, the good shepherd goes looking for his sheep, that he looks intently for his lost sheep. One commentator said, that he really believes that even when his sheep are in full flight away from him, even when they're in the darkness, he still allows his sheep to fall into his arms. This is not what? Want. 
He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me behind, beside still waters. And he restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yet there are times, and I think good people like us, think the goodness of God is but a myth. And that maybe it's just one other person that's out to get us. When we pray daring prayers for ourselves, they should feel a little dangerous, I think. (laughs) You know, when we pray prayers like, okay, God, I don't want to be frivolous. I think there's things in me I've got to deal with, and I think there's things I should be doing that I'm not. Speak to me. It's a good God who responds. A good God that says, okay, let's start chiseling. And let's get rid of anything that doesn't look like Jesus in your life. Whoa. <laughs> That's stunning, isn't it? Can any of you think of any one, at least one thing in your life that doesn't look like Jesus right now? <laughs> if you're with somebody else, do you think they have more than one? Yeah, 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 okay. But that's what happened in the video. A simple prayer. Then, then a determined response by God who delights in us becoming more and more like Jesus. Why does he do that? Well, it's for his glory for certain, our own lives. And, and I mean, come on, let's face it. Who doesn't want that unless we're among the many who believe our definition of enough is better than God's, right? And our chiseled lives just have to be used for the sake of others because that's the way God rolls. What we saw in this short clip is very much what prayer can and most often should be. It's been said that prayer is not for the faint of heart. Biblical prayer is impertinent, persistent, shameless, and decorous. It's more like haggling in an outdoor bazaar than the polite monologues of the church. Good prayer is this give and take. It's this stopping to talk with God. How many of you ever watched the the old film Fiddler on the Roof? Have you ever seen that? That is a great film. If you haven't watched it, just get it. It, 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 If you've ever watched it, uh, you'll notice the prayers of Tevya the Milkman, who is a running dialogue and argument with God about just about everything (laughs) because that's what real prayer is all about it's gutsy and real it's intimate that was tommy on the screen just trying to keep it as real as he could as honest he could and that's what our prayer should be it isn't just a polite monologue it's a dialogue with this good god bill hybels suggests that there are five daring dangerous gutsy in real prayers god loves to answer. And here they are. Read them with me. Search me. Break me. Stretch me. Lead me. Use me. Do any of those, keep those up there, will you guys? Uh, do, 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 do these, did any of these scare you a little bit? <laughs> Which ones? Just shout it out. I'd like to hear. Break me? Okay. Search me? Which one? Oh, stre- stretch me. <laughs> These are not prayers for the faint of heart, are they? 
Uh, they're not for those who love to stay put. For their, they're not for those who live comfor- comfor- comfortably within their narcissistic self. When we pray dangerous prayers, danger daring prayers for ourselves like this, they are disruptive prayers. Amen? Yeah. All right, bring it on, huh? Amen? <laughs> a daring prayer takes us to where we think we want to go, but when we get there, we just might want to run away. <laughs> okay? These are prayers that could radically alter the trajectory of everything you ever hoped for and dreamed about. Yeah, all right, good, huh? <laughs> They're big, hairy, audacious, scary prayers. That kind of prayers that take, take control out of our hands and turns it over to God. These are not the prayers of a braggart. They are the prayers of a simple disciple who simply wants to be walking in the will of God. And these are prayers that if you put them into broad categories, are prayers that take us on an inward journey to find the person God created us to be, and then it compels us to move beyond ourselves for the sake of others, which I think is the heartbeat of Scripture, don't you? You know, love God, allow God to mold you and shape you, and then get ready to move, because God's got you on assignment. Do you ever read the Psalms? You know, I love the Psalms. Psalter is the prayer book of the Jews. Uh, they are raw in many respects. Whenever I need to pray and I don't know what to pray, I go to the Psalms. Because somehow, somehow one of them is going to match what I'm thinking and feeling. And in one, we've got David. David, who's such a fascinating character, isn't he? Just fascinating. I mean, real life person. And he says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Did you pick this up? He's saying, search me, break me, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts, lead me. You know, if we pray this prayer, we pray this prayer tonight, we say those things, then buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. Because be prepared, because I think... God will start to be do business with us. And this is the way God does business with me. He starts asking me questions. Okay, Mike. Do you want to see what I find when I search deep within you? Do you want to see all those things that you've worked so hard to keep hidden to finally be brought to the service and exposed to the light of my love? All those things carefully buried in your mind and heart do you, do you really want to be free of them? Do you, do you really want me to heal the broken places in your life, those things that hold you back from the rich and deep life you continue to catch glimpses of? Are you ready to stop posing, Mike, and pretending? Are you willing to let me lead you to a place that will be good for you, even if it might diminish your status, your position, and your profit? Are you willing to let me search, expose, and chisel? Or do you still want to be in control of everything? You see, daring prayer opens us up to God's loving gaze and his thoughtful questions. I wish I could sit before you and tell you that I would say yes today to every one of those questions, that I'm all in 100% of the time. 
They're praying, praying that daring prayer in verses 23-24 of Psalm 139 is easy. And the truth is it's not. It is the deepest desire of my heart to go where God needs me to go and to open myself up to what he wants to do. But my humanity, I fight against that desire at times. I can't do it by myself. When I'm weak, I realize I need other people to lift me up. That's sobering. And, and perhaps that's where God wants me. Less full of myself. Scripture says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And my experience is that when he lifts me up, I can face anything but under my own power, and I do way too much under my own power. Not so much. I can't do so not so much of everything. When God finds us and searches us, begins to heal us, it's only natural that he will place in our hearts a desire to be used, to be the hands and feet of, of Jesus in this world of ours. And then we ask a different kind of prayer. We say, okay, the Lord, where can I be used? And of course, the short answer is anywhere you are. I found that when people pray, use me, guide me, lead me, something changes in them. They actually become a better boss, a better employee, a more trusted friend. It's because they see themselves on a mission. They've already asked to be conformed more to the image of Christ. And, and, and so they go, living for the sake of others in the everydayness of life. And in the not-so-everydayness of life, too. Because there are times when God just might want to use us beyond the everyday stuff. Last night I happened to turn on PBS and there was a Ken Burns, the, the, you know, the, the historian, film historian, you know, he's doing a thing on Jackie Robinson and I just sat there amazed. What God asked that man to do to break the color barrier in the Major League Baseball. I thought this week of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who probably prayed as a child, don't you think, that God would use her and guide her and lead her. Even as a young teenager, she would have known the prayers David prayed. And then one day an angel shows up and tells her that she would give birth to the Messiah. Now, for the record, Mary pushed back a bit on this for clarity's sake, right? Do you remember scripture? Just like that. See, that's a good prayer. God speaks, we talk. God speaks, we talk. God speaks till we get the control out of us, right? <laughs> and he says, let me do what you're going to do. There's always that give and take between God and those he's tapping on the shoulder. And her response to this extraordinary request was elegantly simple. I am the Lord's servant, she said. May your word to me be fulfilled. That is the response of someone prepared to be used, guided, and led by God. It is someone who is prayed of. One of my favorite characters in scriptures is a man named Ananias. We find him in Acts of the Apostles. He's described as a devout man 
He has a vision one night of the Lord asking him to go to a house and meet with Saul of Tarsus. Ananias very nicely questions the Lord's sanity. (laughs) Basically, he says, are you sure? He questions, this man has done nothing but have murderous intent towards Christians, and he is right. Now, it's interesting, that whole thing took place in Damascus, which is where what we know is modern-day Syria, where both Muslims and Christians are being brutally victimized by terrorists today. Because I, and I mention that because, in effect, Ananias was being asked to confront a first-century terrorist. Saul, who, who caused even the bravest of believers to shudder. And no wonder, right, why Ananias pushes back against the Lord. But again, this was someone who knew the voice of God and he went to Saul out of obedience. He too knew what it was meant to be guided and led by God even to the places and people he'd rather ignored. Both Mary and Ananias, I think Jackie Robinson, and many, many others were pushed out of their comfort zone. Every hero and heroine of our faith seem to have this conversation with God where God calls them to be different and to do different. To take a step that might not be safe, that could be really, really hard, that will use every bit of giftedness and beyond that they've had. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to have those kind of conversations? You know, the kind of conversations where you know, it looks silly to people. You know, f- five and a half years, six years ago, I, I, I took a step uh, responding to a call of God to work in the city at Breakthrough. And I thought it was a call eventually to full-time ministry there. It turned out to be a season. And it was good, very good. But in some ways, it didn't make sense. You know, economically, it didn't make sense. Career-wise, didn't make sense. People even told me it didn't make sense, right? So what do you do? What do you do? I prayed a long time, said, God, use me, lead me, guide me. And then you take a step of faith. I'm happy that braver people of faith told me the decision had the smell of Christ all over it, and that, that helped me. But to the naked eye, to some, It just wasn't going to make sense. But you know what I've discovered, friends? The naked eye of someone else doesn't own my life. God does. Just as he owns yours. I, I for one, want to continue to pray daring prayers for myself. Search me, O God. Bring me to the broken places of my life. Use me for your purposes. Guide me when I get lost. Lead me when I'm afraid to go any further. And when I pray those things, I don't know if I want to jump up and cheer or crawl and hide, but pray them I must. You know why? Because that's what a follower of Jesus does. Daring prayer is life-giving prayer. If your prayer life is filled with nothing but safe prayers, prayers for that parking, elusive parking place, I urge you tonight, today, to ask God to show you another way to lift your voice to him. And he will show up. He wants to make you into his masterpiece. He wants to show you the good things he has planned for you. 
So here's the choice. Control or chisel? <laughs> Control or chisel? I'm going for the chisel. How about you? Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you. Give us the desire and the resolve to get on our knees and to pray some daring prayers for our own lives. Not just for others, but for our own lives. And Lord, help us to embrace what you bring our way because we know it, it will be for our good. We pray this in your name and all God's people said, amen.